0: This is Allie. And this is... Get High! I don't know what happened there. We keep tagging on, like, these little wings on the end. My dude, and I, I
1: never prepare for it. I'm never warmed up. I'm never conscious of what's gonna happen but i think that that says a lot about our art
0: yeah that says a that says a lot about us yeah hey how are you i'm good mel how are you i'm doing okay yeah I'm, I'm suffering like the end of winter is always a little rough for me yeah um Not not just you know the complete loss of vitamin d in my life but like Sometimes I get sick at the end of winter, kind of like a, hey, the, the temperatures can't choose what they're doing, so, well.
1: Yeah, I, I used to get that, too, when I lived where you live.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's okay.
1: Did you get anything interesting in the mail recently?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, I did, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got goat mail from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was from a service called You've You Goat, goat Mail. mail. And they provide anonymous, perfectly legal goats for your chosen victim or friend. Hmm. I also found on the same service that one of their options I think was a I think there was a cow and there was a different kind of goat. So you got the Billy Goat. And there was another one that was like a Nubian goat with like the Ooh. loop droopy ears and like the long Aww. face. But that was sold out, so I didn't get that one. But anyway. You love goats, I love goats, it's something we share, so I got you a goat. Shared goat love. Yeah. There's probably like an ancient Greek word for that. Probably. Ancient Greek scholars and mythology nerds, hit us up if you know what that is. Goat love.
0: Not the weird kind, of No, though. but like the platonic know. friendship goat love. Yeah. <laughs> the adoration of goats. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about our guest today, because he's a pretty good friend of mine. Our very good friend, Aaron J. Amendola. Oh my gosh.
2: Yes, I come prepared with a rap horn.
0: Yeah, he brought his own air horn app. I, I was got...
2: very excited. I downloaded this like weeks ago for this specific moment.
0: I can't believe I forgot to open mine. Yeah, I, I thought don't...
2: you were going to be all on top of this. There yeah. you go. Wait, can we have competing horns? Yeah, Much like up. a goat would have?
1: I don't even have this app because I know Mel's always got me covered. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Welcome, Aaron.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. It's so good to see you.
2: I know, especially like hundreds of miles away. How's Florida?
1: Amazing. Florida is pretty good, guys. It's been very pleasant weather-wise. A little on the dry side, but can't complain about that.
2: Well, we have a lot to complain about here in Chicago. Yeah, I, I bet. Do. That's that's our thing.
0: Not as much as the East Coast right now, though. Gosh, oh, wow. that no,
1: everything
2: storm. Everything on the East Coast is bad. Like, why would you live anywhere where it's this cold, this long?
1: Mm-mm.
2: Yeah. We gotta talk. It's mm, rough. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, but uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, Aaron, super fun. Tell our Yo, tell our is? listeners um, a little bit about who you are and what you do in case they don't know.
2: So I'm five eleven, brown okay. hair, clear complexion. Uh, I'm I'm just another guy in Chicago with dreams of of telling a story and making it big. I help run a creative collective called Versus the Universe. We do live shows, we do short films, we do cosplay music videos, and we've been working within a musical space for about the past 5 or 6 years. We also do a series of podcasts. I do one with my fiance, Liz, called The Cooperative's Pod where we play games and talk about how gaming and relationships can come together and form this like awesome megazord of fun.
1: That's so true. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of all of his cosplay videos, I'm in about mm, half of them. So oh, So yes. check oh, yes. them out. Yeah,
2: if you ever wanted to see uh, Mel and James dressed up as some some Star Wars lovers, we've got oh, that. Gosh. We've got Love Songs of Star Wars. We do a Harry Potter one. That one's
0: a classic. It's yeah. really good. I, I really like the Mario one, too. Mm-hmm. The,
2: the great thing about the Star Wars one, just before I forget, is because we don't have a studio, we just put up like an inflatable mattress in Sam's apartment. And we're like, there, you're on Tatooine. Green screens. <laughs> Perfect. It uh. was
0: very funny, even in like a kind of weird skeevy way too, because we're like, <laughs> we're on an air mattress in mm-hmm. someone else's living room uh, saying, hey, go be romantic for the camera.
2: I just remember Sam looking at James saying, James, now just seduce her with her eyes. And then after about five seconds... Not that much. <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> pull back. Just pull back. Reel it in. Reel it in. It, it's too strong for the camera. It's too strong. But yeah, I do, I do just a gosh darn lot. Where I'm going to be a, hopefully a game dev soon, but that remains to be seen. Aaron. Yo, what's up? You know what this podcast is about. It's about getting excited, getting hype, getting enthusiastic about stuff. Yes. I'm a pretty excitable person. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think that I get excited about things. More than a moderate amount. Mm.
0: Yeah, you do tend to get a lot more excited. Like if yeah. you had to rate levels, it'd be like me, and then Allie, mm-hmm. and then you.
2: Yeah, that is that's huge acclaim. <laughs> I have to like keep it at eleven for the rest of the show now.
1: <laughs> Good oh, luck. Oh
2: man. I, so so I, I was actually um, I'm also a very analytical person. I love mm-hmm. graphs, I love spreadsheets, and I was trying to think about like what do I want to talk about, um, and I actually made like a spreadsheet of things. And some of the things on there were video games, and then it was comic books, and then it was, I'm going to drill down. I'm going to just going to do Spider-Man. And then I was like, no, it's stupid. Um, and then I thought, I want to talk about something that I think would make a lot of people groan. Oh,
0: boy.
1: But I think
2: at least one of you can get behind it.
1: I wonder which one.
2: I want to talk about America's greatest living art form, musical theater. Yeah, that's right. That's Mel is not amused.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it, Aaron. I am not one to sit and listen to show tunes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I haven't seen very many shows. Oh, sure. And like the FOMO of not knowing what it goes along with. Mm-hmm. Sure, kind of gets to me. That makes total um, sense, yeah.
2: I think I listened to Rent like maybe 400 times before I saw it for the first time and I'm like, "Oh, that guy dies." Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. that's what that's why they're singing.
1: Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Huh.
2: But more specifically, I wanted to talk about uh two of my two of my favorite musical producers. That would be Stephen Sondheim, bless, and John Kander and Fred Ebb. Mm. Technically, that's three people, but Kander and Ebb was a songwriting team, mm-hmm. and I love 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 pretty much everything that they've done. Just to give you some background, Sondheim has done some great shows. I think Into the Woods is is the biggest one. It's probably oh, the most uh critically uh, put out there, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite show from him is a show called Sunday in the Park with George. <gasps> yes, I saw it. It changed my life. Changed my whole goddamn life. Yep. And Candor and Ebb have done shows uh, like Cabaret and Chicago. Mm-hmm so j- just to give you a little idea of who those people are but i love them because specifically the way that they weave lyrics into the emotional drama of their shows i think is better than anyone else when you think of modern composers you think of like steven schwartz william finn who are all great but like they don't do it as well as sondheim and Kandra Neb. and i that's something i can really get behind right now i love it i love it i love them
0: yes awesome what what was the first show that really got you into musical theater?
2: The first show that really got me into musical theater was uh, actually Into the Woods. Now that I think about it, I was going to say it might be Rent, but I, I was a bad kid. I was a really bad kid in high school. Um, I like went into high school from grade school without any friends, and I probably would have ended up on like a bad path. But uh, I accidentally auditioned for Into the Woods. Accidentally? Because, wait, 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 well,
0: wait. I'm going to need you What? To- elaborate on that so
2: here's the thing like I said I was a bad kid I was getting in like lots of lots of schoolyard fights with people Mm. and uh I know I know I was feisty you feisty Uh I
0: just it doesn't compute for me yeah it just
2: I I was way way different but uh I didn't want to go to gym because in gym I was like all the kids I get in fights with are in gym and we're gonna play dodgeball and stuff Mm. and so what do I do I said if I go out for the musical I don't have to take gym class Mm. so I'm gonna audition for the musical and I actually ended up singing a really crappy rendition of Babylon by David Gray, because that was like my favorite album at the time. It's like English folk emo. But I ended up auditioning. I got in, and I Into the Woods was the first show I had ever seen and also that I was ever part of.
1: Okay, so two things. One, what kind of high school did you go to where getting to be in the musical made you exempt from gym?
2: A uh, Catholic Performing Arts High School. Okay,
1: thank you. Uh-huh. And it's
2: it's a okay. really great school, too. <laughs> I love it.
1: And then, two. what role did you get cast in?
2: Uh, I was the steward. Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar with Into the Woods, you basically come on, you're like, oh, a giant, and then you kind of die. Yeah. That's about it.
0: So you had, like, five minutes of stage time?
2: Uh-huh. But doing I- the musical was a class, so I got out of it. But the thing that I take away from it is, you know, Into the Woods has some of the most amazing lyrics in all of Sondheim's oeuvre and I got to sit and listen to people figure out how to sing the song because Sondheim songs are very are very rich and complex Mm. got to figure out how to sing the song how to interpret the song and then how to act the song on stage with with the tech and the orchestra and just seeing everything come together and it's just a beautiful experience I just fell in love I like felt myself falling in love over the course of one semester
0: that's amazing
2: yeah it's 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 a little dramatically romantic, but yeah. yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it
0: then what's your favorite musical right now like what what's saving your soul right now? Ooh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my favorite musical right now is uh I hesitate to say, dear Evan Hansen because it's it's a beautiful show, it's fantastic. Mark Platt is the lead in it, and he's got one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard in my life, but uh I routinely go back to. The show is Sunday in the Park with George by Stephen Sondheim, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to talk about Sondheim. Mm. Um, The whole show is, uh, it's really trippy. Are are either of you familiar with it?
1: Yeah, I love that show.
2: Yeah, it's... It's a wild show. If you saw a synopsis of the show on paper, you'd be like, how the hell are they going to do this? Yep. It's George Seurat, an artist that is famous for pointillism, Mm -hmm. and the first act Follows George Seurat and how he is painting his most famous portrait, uh, Sunday in the Park. And uh, I don't know if that's the exact title. Sunday
1: on the Island of La Grande Jatte.
2: There we go. There we go. And it's how he he has this relationship with this woman that's sitting so he can paint her into the painting. Mm. And how over time he's struggling with trying to woo her and also pay attention to his art and pay attention to the people that are trying to give him money for his art. And it all kind of falls apart. And the second act follows his like great-great-great-grandson, who is also an artist in New York, but he does these weird eccentric light shows. And just to give you an example of how weird it is, in the original Broadway cast, it was Mandy Patankin, famous for Princess Bride, and Bernadette Peters, who's just like a gift. She's a freaking gift. She's amazing in everything. She's in
1: everything. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, her is gypsy? Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just freaking amazing. But It takes place in the future, and uh, his ancestor kind of has to come to terms with the fact that what he's putting out into the world, he doesn't know how it will turn out, but he just has to do it. And there's this amazing song called Move On that Burned Up Peter sings, and I wanted to to highlight one of the lyrics because it's just, I, I think about it all the time. The main lyric that I think a lot of people take away from it is, Anything you do, let it come from you, then it will be new. Give them more to see. And after that lyric, all of the chords just kind of complete and go into this nice hush and gave me chills the first time. And I just love it. I've been revisiting that show and I love it.
1: Awesome. That's a great one to take inspiration Mm -hmm. from, for sure. For like
2: years now. It's been like, you know how at different Mm -hmm. points in your life you take inspiration from different things? I've taken inspiration from this show since I was like 18. Just absolutely love it.
1: That's how you know it's classic. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, rent, I can't listen to rent with, like, the same vigor now. I'm just like, why didn't they pay the frickin' rent? Like, just pay the rent. You're adults. Oh, my gosh. What's going pay on? Pay the rent
1: or move somewhere else.
2: Yeah, like, you're you're freeloading. Come on, guys.
1: Also, you're not happy there. Go somewhere that makes you happy. Yeah,
2: your fireplace is a trash can that you put newspapers into and soak with gasoline. That's not a fireplace, Mark and Roger. What's wrong with it's you? It's not good. No. It's not
1: good for you guys.
2: I just got so worked up about that. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about Candor and Ebb a little bit. I'm quite a musical theater nerd myself. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Aaron, that like when you ask people about their musical theater nerddom, someone will come at you like Sondheim.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's Schwartz. It's, it's kind of like typical, right? Rogers
1: Rodgers and Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. You know, old school.
2: <laughs> who's who's going for Carousel by Rodgers and Hammerstein?
1: <laughs> you know what? It's happened in conversations <laughs> I've had, which is alarming. Mm-hmm. But Candor and Ebb... I think I think a lot of people love cabaret and love Chicago, but I rarely hear Candor and Ebb brought up in conversation as like this these guys, these guys get me. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite thing. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with Kander and Ebb.
2: So there's an album called And the World Goes Around where it was basically they took all of Kander and Ebb's favorite songs and did it as a as like a 2-hour performance. You had some great Broadway people in there, like Robert Cuccioli singing Mr. Cellophane, just fantastic. And you, you kind of had this murderer's row of vocalists in there. And the first time I ever really noticed them was uh, in college. I was a musical theater major, and I would audition with the songs I Don't Remember You by Candor and Ebb and Sometimes a Day Goes By, which on their own are sweet love songs. They're not incredible. But they get the job done. Like, if you need a 32-bar cut for an audition, that's what you pick. But on this album, there's a there's a duet where people take the two songs and mash them up. And the first time I listened to it, I remember just, like, sitting in the library listening to it and just, like, started crying because it was so beautiful, the way that these songs were were just in perfect synergy with each other. And as you listen to it, I feel like they paid special attention to... Um, there's specific keys in each song that play under specific words. So when I don't remember you, there's this piano arpeggio that, that plays lightly underneath it. And the theme of that song, I think, is so sad and melancholy. And Sometimes a Day Goes By, I think, is slightly optimistic, depending on how you look at it. But whoever arranged these would put that arpeggio beneath some of the Sometimes a Day Goes By stuff and just give it a whole new meaning. And when you look at who assembled the medleys, it's all them. And I just had such a profound respect for how they would take a theme from one song and put it into another and completely warp the meaning and make it something entirely different. And I just think that their lyrics are simple, like they take simple sentences and make them mean something really complex and interesting. Whereas Sondheim will use like, the most long verbose language possible and just like kind of hit you with the same language over and over again but i just love them for that
1: that's a good way to put it i think especially comparing them to Sondheim. yeah
2: they're they're very puts it into like opposites they're totally
1: opposite mm-hmm. so since mel brought up her fear of missing out on not understanding musical theater songs out Mm -hmm. of context. Aaron, what are like your top five musicals of all time? Oh my
2: God. Okay.
1: And like give like the most condensed synopsis of each that you can so that Mel has some reference. Okay.
2: Oh God. This is, so Sunday in the Park is number one. Mm -hmm. It is, it's just my favorite show of all time. I absolutely love it. Also, I should note, I look at things from an emotional place. It can be the worst show ever. Like. The musical that Jonathan Larson wrote before Rent was a show called Tick, Tick, Boom, which is emotionally one of the best shows I've ever seen, but like structurally not amazing. Yeah. But I would put Rent at the number two slot because it's just so, it tells a very simple story that's a little kind of like trite now, but it's so full of emotion and it's full of truth and it's just a fantastic, fantastic show. Gosh, for number three, I should have made a list. I like really need to think about this.
0: We put you on the spot. Um,
2: Actually, no, number three, I'll tell you what, is a great musical. The legally blonde musical. It's freaking amazing.
1: Yes! I totally agree. It's really good. It's such a good show. And like it shouldn't be
2: that good, but it's really good. (laughs)
1: It's so affirming yeah. and satisfying and self-aware and hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Laura Bell Bundy, who's on, like, a bunch of Gosh. shows now. She's so good.
1: She's so good in it. But, Mel, yeah. it's so funny.
2: Uh, MTV did, like, a, a filmed version of Legally Blonde when we were in college. And it's it's just really good. Like, if you have any interest it's in- It's on YouTube. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, dang. It's so good. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That was three. Um. I, I feel I feel confident saying that number four is into the woods. It's it feels like a very typical pick. People know why it's good. It's played everywhere. It's Act One storybook. Act Two is what if fairy tales were in real life, and everything falls away. But the fifth slot has to go to a show called Reefer Madness.
0: Oh, are you familiar with it? Is that that's the one that people made because they think that marijuana is the devil, right? Y-
2: Essentially, yeah. Like, imagine if Republicans were like, marijuana is bad. We need, to, we need to show liberals that it's bad. How do we do that? We're going to make a musical and then do it completely wrong. Uh, it's a show all about how propaganda and sensationalism, when, when <laughs> uh, given to young kids, can drive them to do awful things. Um, oh. The whole show is like, what if, what if everything Republicans believe about marijuana was true?
1: I thought that Reefer Madness originally was like a a propaganda film that they made in the 50s, right? Yeah. And then they made a musical about it, making fun of that.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that it was a propaganda thing, but I didn't know there was a musical made of it.
1: Yeah. So the musical
0: is like super great.
1: Yeah. Kristen Bell. I forget who else, but it's very good.
2: Kristen Bell, some guy named Christian, and like a bunch of people. You're like, oh, that person. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a there's a song called "Listen to Jesus," Jimmy. Listen to
1: Jesus, Jimmy. Just, just say no, no to the, the marijuana.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's all about Jesus Listen telling Jesus, him not Jimmy. to smoke the reefer. And yeah. <laughs> there's this amazing uh, dance. Uh, break transition where they rip off Jimmy's clothes and he's got a dance belt on and over his dick is just a marijuana leaf. Oh my God. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just such a good show. It's one of those ones where over time I see like layers to every joke. And Kristen Bell is just amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just a,
2: a fantastic, fantastic show.
0: Yeah. Now That's great. you've given some excellent show ideas or like things to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, what about more recent stuff? Are you not a a Hamil guy?
2: No, I, I I love Hamilton. I feel like if I didn't love Hamilton, like why would I even be here? Like Hamilton's fantastic. The Excellent. Hamilton Polka just came out today with Weird Al. It's, oh, it's amazing. Shoot. I got to listen to that. I I love Hamilton. I feel like a lot of people don't look at the first show that Lynn did. Uh, Thank you. which which is uh in the Heights. It's such an amazing show. Yep. And it was good when it came out. It won the Tony for for best musical and I'm not seeing as much residual attention given to that show. And I just, I, Hmm. it frustrates me because I love Hamilton to death. I think, I think Leslie Odom jr. Lynn, everybody that was in that show is superb, but I want more people to look at in the Heights and be like, see this, this little, little musical about a man who owns a, who owns a bodega and is just trying to make it work. Like it's, it's worth something. It's a really good human story and not many people look at it.
1: Hmm. Aaron, I cannot agree more with you on that. Like, I loved In the Heights when it came out. There are so many rich characters in that show. And it's like you said, it's a very human. It's a very real story. Very relatable. Just so many stories intertwined in a very realistic, real life kind of way. And I loved the songs in that show. And Hamilton didn't do it for me.
2: Oh really? Uh,
1: At all? All right. I absolutely think Lin-Manuel Miranda is basically the Mozart of our generation, and I think Hamilton is a brilliant piece of work, and I think that it's beautiful, and I absolutely see exactly why it's emotionally profound for so many people. But I, I I think In the Heights is a better show, and Mm -hmm. if he hadn't done In the Heights first, I still wouldn't like Hamilton. Do you know what I mean? Like I just oh yeah, I can totally not do it for me at all my favorite part of hamilton is king george's song
2: it's a great ah, song
0: it's i like so george a lot yeah i love the one that we had at our show because he was such a pompous twit and it was perfect
2: i believe that was the same person who originated the role of lord Farquaad and shrek if we saw the same cast oh wow Quite He's possibly really good yeah, yeah. he
0: was amazing mm-hmm. it made me love him more than like almost more than everyone else on stage it it got real close i was like 50 50
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm rooting for the bad guy (laughs) (laughs) funny though Mm -hmm. i mean but that's the mark of a good show yeah it's the mark of a good actor Uh, absolutely absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. but but yeah i think in the heights is is definitely a better put together show i think because hamilton follows his life there's only so many ways it can end and so many beats you have in the story. I just wanted to get more attention, man. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. And the Heights is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And anybody like, even though it's very, very heavily, you know, Latino American in, in nature in it's very nature. Um, I think it's very relatable to anybody who lives below the poverty line or has lived below the poverty line and mm-hmm. uh, is just trying to make things work so that they can get to their dreams. It's a really, really great show. Mm -hmm. so Mel asked about newer things uh you mentioned Dear Evan Hansen what else that's been on Broadway lately kind of struck a chord with you
2: uh there was a there's a revival cast of Once in this Island that was fantastic I think that was Stephen Schwartz was that Stephen Schwartz
1: uh Once on this Island is not Stephen Schwartz it is Aaron and Flaherty I think
2: that's right Aaron's and yeah I really I just like that show but that that revival was was pretty fantastic it seems like it seems like the Broadway scene, at least for me, is kind of in this like shows either make it huge or they just kind of go away. And that's why I think Hamilton being such a success made it easier for, for like more people to like take take a chance in smaller musicals. You have a lot of producers wanting to throw money at what could be the next big thing. Who's going to be the next Lin-Manuel Miranda? Mm-hmm. But really only Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen have been the ones that have like stood out for me in the past, you know, three or four years a lot of the shows that are coming up now i just don't think are cutting it as much you have you have people that are trying to adapt so many movies into musicals like yeah. they've tried to adapt 9 to 5 3 times now and and i'm like you at this point put it to bed mm-hmm. like they've tried to adapt dracula into a musical 3 times and like I would love to do that. Why are you hiring these people that have never put a Broadway show up? It's, it's just like a little bit of a black hole for me right now. Sure. That's why I like to retreat back into. And Aarons and Flaherty's really good. I'm really sad I didn't think of them earlier. They're really, really good. Yeah. Ugh. Have you ever heard my favorite year?
1: I've heard pieces of it. It's been a while, though.
2: It's a really sweet it's a really sweet show, but almost I'm also a hypocrite because that was a musical based off a movie. So, no, I'm,
1: done. I, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, man, we should stop adapting things. But my favorite jam right now is Waitress, and it's based on a movie.
2: I hear that's fantastic, my
1: dude. Waitress is amazing. It, I thought, I thought my musical theater soul had been beaten into the dust by the mean, cold Chicago streets, mm-hmm. and. It it was just hibernating in a very scared dark place and waitress brought it back to life. Waitress is amazing.
2: I need to listen to that because it, it's been on my list. That's is that Ingrid Michael Shin?
1: No, it's Michelson? Sarah Bareilles.
2: That's I always get the two mixed up. Yeah. But yeah.
1: It's very good. Ugh. And the other one I was gonna ask you about is because I totally missed this boat. I don't know what I was busy being distracted by when it happened, but Xanadu.
2: Oh my god.
1: Have you <laughs> have you listened to the Broadway Xanadu?
2: I have listened to that, and we used to we used to put Xanadu and uh, Starlight Express back to back. Starlight Express whole shows on roller skates. Oh wow! It's real awesome. Bad.
0: It's
1: real wacky. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because I just discovered there's a company that's going to be doing Xanadu down here, and I'm I'm going to audition. And I went online and picked up the the Xanadu soundtrack from the Broadway, and was like,
2: It's really good. This is
1: amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's so happy. Mm-hmm. and weirdly nostalgic and also like fun to sing which is very mm-hmm. much many of the reasons why I like Lily blonde too but Mel, that whole thing is on
0: on YouTube as well, in case you want to watch that. You should send me some links. Some hot links. Yeah. Some hot links. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you
2: just like have a glass of whiskey and watch Xanadu and belt out some 70s tunes. And it's like it's such a
1: short show. It's like an hour
0: and twenty or something like that. It's not a long Mm -hmm. show at all. There's a show that I like, and I feel like I've yelled about it at you before. Allie, did you ever watch the show I yelled at you about? Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Which one? <laughs>
2: Gallivant. Oh, that's a good show.
0: Oh, thank goodness. That is... A,
2: and I'm happy it was brought back, but, like, I'm always worried it's going to be...
0: Wait, is there is there more of it coming? They did,
2: like, three seasons, right?
0: They did two.
2: Did I, did I hear a rumor that they were going to try to bring it back? There's so a always th-
0: a rumor. People are, like... <sighs> Trying real hard with Netflix to get them to pick it up, mm-hmm. and if they do, I'm gonna be the first fucking person to know <laughs> it because I'm so excited about that's it. it's a really good show. But I, in the last six months, have watched it three
2: times. It comes back because Weird Al's in it. Yeah, yeah. See, we just yeah. we went full circle. Yeah, that uh, show did not get its due.
0: No, not at all. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the only musical I'm like raving about because it's so it's my dumb humor Mm -hmm. it's all the dumb humor of me in one single show and it's a musical and they sing about being angry and feelings and
2: who wrote the music and lyrics for that alan menken really yeah oh i totally spaced on that he's awesome Yeah, yeah he's got disney cred behind him yeah of course i just I
0: I wasn't sure if it was like a music, like true musical nerds are just like, no, that was garbage. Or if it was like actually good. Okay. There's,
2: I, I, there's no such thing as like true musical nerd. (laughs) Fuck those people that want to like lord over others. Yeah. Uh, If you like anything musical, just go for it. Cool. I got into it by accident. Screw those people who are like, no, you should have done it since you were a child. You're acting Mm -hmm. like a child. Go away.
0: It's called gatekeeping, guys. Yeah. Idiots. (laughs) <laughs> dummies well, I forget but did did you watch it Allie
2: Allie I feel like that's right up your alley too
0: Drew watched it and loved it yeah I just haven't <laughs> Allison I didn't I no, I, Grower.
1: I didn't say I didn't say no Medjewski. I said not yet
2: that's a guilty look
0: that's a guilty look and I am making faces at I am very her. busy you
1: don't know mm. how oh,
2: busy yeah, I am no 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 wait Sorry, I forgot. She's in Florida. Do they have TV in Florida? Do they have the internet in Florida?
1: <laughs> no.
2: This is weird. I'm
0: using a space satellite to talk to you right what now.
2: What is Rubio doing down there?
0: <laughs> it's very difficult. That must be very expensive. Yeah. It is. I'm just,
2: I, I, I don't want to take yeah. up too much of your time because I know it's a dollar a minute, Oof. but Galvan's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Call your senators.
2: <laughs> Every day. Um, Sorry, it got dark.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about, if I may. No. Uh, Aaron. Yo. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to name some musicals, <clears throat> and I want your hot take. Your hot, oh, shit. Your hot headline your take. Your hottest okay. take. Oh, man. Are you ready? Prepare it.
2: Here's my hottest take. Yes.
0: <laughs> Sweeney Todd.
2: Overrated. It's Sondheim's worst show.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: Joanna is a beautiful song. Yes, it is. Uh mrs lovett is a great role but i don't like the story at all and i think johnny depp anything he puts his hands on ruins it forever
1: you know you're not wrong about that last bit. um
2: <laughs> it has good songs i just don't like the show
1: mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. oh no oh no um... oh no cats
2: it exists for a reason it definitely exists for a reason mr Mistopheles is is a <laughs> is a hell of a thing uh I will deflect that show. <laughs> Go on YouTube and look up a video called Mr. Mestoff. And it, oh, no. it's a it's a recording of a New Jersey theater company that when like three understudies had to bow out, they pulled in one of the chorus people to play Mr. Mestoffles And it's the most fucking hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the video that convinced me that I could get paid to do theater someday. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. Oh, my, gosh. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to put that on tonight. It's so good.
1: Phantom of the Opera.
2: Fine show. I'm not a big fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I loved it when I was in high school and college, but I don't like a lot of shows where women are whisked away to love some old, sensuous man who has murderous intent. <laughs> um, but Music of the Night is fantastic. I thought the movie version was okay. Emmy Rossum definitely is not a good Christine, but Patrick Wilson is amazing in everything he does. It's the movie that gave us Gerard Butler, who would later go on to do 300, and just one of the best action stars ever. So yeah, I overall thumbs up on Phantom of the Opera.
0: Phantom of the Opera was my first musical. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you Aww. used to do opera stuff. I well, not I wasn't always into opera stuff. Uh, I I enjoyed listening to it, but I saw it when I was in junior high because I was in chorus.
2: Were you amazed by the chandelier falling? Was that the thing?
0: That was the thing that really rad. like yeah. slammed the show into me and I was like, "Holy shit, they can do that on a stage?"
2: Yeah. It's really cool when they <sighs> do it right.
0: Okay. Okay. West Side Story.
2: Good show. Really, really good show. Best dance show reigning for about six decades, I'd say. Fun fact, Sondheim wrote the lyrics for it, but he didn't get any royalties because he was not proud of the lyrics. So he said, don't give me anything. And it was the highest grossing job he ever had. But yeah, I I mean, I love West Side Story. I would love to see uh, a full-blown musical revision of it with people actually casting those roles that fit them. But yeah. Beautiful, beautiful music. Maria is fantastic. America is a really vibrant song. Ragtime, amazing, fucking amazing. Colehouse Walker is one of the best male leads in contemporary musical theater. Younger brother is a is a part that I've gone out for four times and I've never gotten it. It makes me very, very sad. Gliding is one of the most beautiful duets I've ever heard in my life. It's a show that we need like right now too. Like for all the segregation that America's facing, Ragtime is a show that can actually bring people together. And there's a production of it outside Chicago that I was like, gung-ho I'm going to, but it got a bad review and it broke my heart because I don't want to see that show unless it's done amazing. Wicked. Overrated. <laughs> Popular is a fun song.
0: Well, for good face is, a, is an okay song.
2: But also I had, to, I had to hear every ingenue in my conservatory belt uh, I get it, and I just can't. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to it. No, dude, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get, it. I get it. I totally get it. Okay. But Adina Menzel is amazing. She's, yeah, she's she. She
1: actually wasn't my favorite Alpha. I've seen it thirteen times. <laughs> as a full disclaimer, <laughs>
2: it's it's one of those shows where if I if I wasn't in that situation, I'm sure I would love it. I'm making enemies over here.
1: No, it's okay. You, you, I'm testing you now. Oh boy.
0: Book of Mormon.
2: Book of Mormon is a is a fine show. It's a show that I hope ages a lot better than a lot of their other works. Uh, Avenue (laughs) Avenue Q is is good, but it aged horribly. I feel like Book of Mormon has a much better message, and I still listen to that pretty often. Also, it gave us Josh Gad. So Book of Mormon. Good. Honestly, he's
1: a national treasure. Yeah, he really is. And
2: like Disney owns him now, right? Like they actually bought his life.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Lee Miz.
2: It's a fine show. It's a great show. It's really great. I, I hate Miss Saigon, which is another Schoenberg and Boublil's musical. I hate Miss Saigon, but Les Mis pretty much fires in all cylinders. Fantine is, is one of the most heart-wrenching roles I've ever seen. I always hate Eponine because of how good the Fantine is. My high school was the first high school in America to do Les Mis when the rights were out, and that's a very special show for me. Like people came from the tri-state area to come see us and it was it was a very emotional show. So I'm very subjective about it, but I love it.
1: Okay, here's a here's an off 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 ball I'm excited. On ball one. Curveball. <laughs>
2: curveball, yeah, curveball. Thank you, Mel. Sports. Owned. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> dirty Rotten Scoundrels.
2: It's it's got one of the best eleven o'clock numbers. The the uh, dirty rotten numbers, fantastic. The woman who was in that was the woman from last five years.
1: Sherry Renee Scott. Yeah. she also originated the role of Neris in Aida.
2: Y- oh my god, I forgot about it John's Aida. Oh, Girl. my favorite suit is such a good. Oh, that was
1: my first Broadway show. That's a good Aida. show. That's
2: a good one. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is is pretty good. Lithgow has an amazing song in the second act that like fits his voice perfectly. It's kind of like My Time of Day by Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls. Ooh, yeah. Uh But Norbert Leo Butts is fantastic in that show. Did He's you got just a say voice. Butz. Yeah, his last yeah, name dude. is Norbert Leo Butts, B-U-T-Z. B-U-T-Z. <laughs> when he got the Tony for Best Actor, I remember the way he started his speech was he said, oh, my last name is Butts. I get it now. And I'm like, I love you forever. You're so good.
1: <laughs> He's great. Yeah. I think I just have one more.
2: I'm excited. This, this is a fun game.
1: This is a true test, okay? Yeah. Chess.
2: Where I Want to Be is a really good song. I like that show. I don't love it. hmm I've also seen a lot of schools do it not great, and that makes me sad. But if I were to see it on Broadway, I'm sure I would love it. But it's it's above good. It's not excellent. It's like in the middle there.
1: I agree with you on that. Chess is like my favorite musical of all time, but not because it's ever been done correctly. Right? It's
2: a really difficult show to do well, I think. It
1: has the the concept, the characters, the emotion, the songs have so much like raw untapped potential that has never really been successfully accomplished Mm -hmm. i think the closest that we've gotten are the two actors foundation benefit concerts starring josh groban um
2: what a sentence i you're welcome (laughs) i've never given thanks to josh groban before
1: (laughs) thank you josh groban Uh. but he's he's the perfect russian in in chess Mm -hmm. he is perfect as anatoly um and also adam pascal was the american and it makes every bit of sense Mm -hmm. totally but, because they put it in a concert setting uh, where, you know, the actors weren't on book, but they were like moving around and interacting with each other with a full orchestra and a full choir on stage with like projections and stuff, it pulled this weird abstract show into an abstract space where it had permission to be weird and made it really, really cool. But it still it wasn't quite there. And every script I've ever read of chess, because there's been like six different scripts mm-hmm. was terrible. Putting a script to it makes it awful. And I think it has to exist because it was written as a concept album. It was written by the two guys from ABBA and it's Tim Rice. Is it? Yeah. So it's Tim Rice and the two guys from ABBA wrote this weird musical concept operetta album called Chess. And it's about the Cold War and the World Chess Championship. And it's very abstract and very weird. But because it's done with like an operatic pop style, the emotions are like, A 50 on a scale of 10. And the first time I heard it as a senior in high school, I was like super in love with it because it is so emotional and so sweeping and grandiose and weird and abstract at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very passionate about chess, but I fully agree with you that it is the show is not great because it doesn't exist as a show that works.
2: Yeah, it needs to it needs to have somebody conceptualizing it in a really good way. Aaron. Yo, what's up?
0: Thank you for delivering this beautiful gift of musical theater to us. Thank you for... This message of hope. Yeah, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> this, this perfect harmony message.
0: Yes. Before we let you go and mm-hmm. run away from us, yeah. can you tell us first where to reach you uh-huh. on the internets if people want to go scream about musicals with you?
2: Oh, my God. Please do that.
0: And if you have anything to plug...
2: Yeah, so the easiest way to find me is to go on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at I'm Aaron J., just the way it sounds. And I'm going to shill something because I've ahead. been working on something for about a year. It's a card game that I've been developing called Earworm. And it's basically a game for people who love music. We wanted to make a game that enables you to have a night out of karaoke without coming home with a, like, a massive hangover. If you're anything like me, when I go out to karaoke, I drink a lot and I belt and like... I come home and I'm like, that was a bad idea. (laughs) But if you go to earwormgame.com, we're launching our Kickstarter on March 14th. It's a game that tasks you with vocalizing your favorite songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, every decade, but you can't use any of the lyrics. So I love this game and I'm biased, yes. But uh, one of my favorite examples is to tell somebody that, imagine you had to go sing AHA's Take On Me A Karaoke but you couldn't say any lyrics, and your friends had to guess what the song was. And we've been making that game for about a year. Uh, we've got 200 songs in the game uh, that are all of our favorite karaoke tracks, top 40 hits. We've got a lot of 80s, a lot of 90s, uh, a, lot of, a lot of like 60s Frankie Valli stuff in there. Um, but one of the things about this Kickstarter that I think is unique is when you pledge, you actually get a say in what goes into the game. So, we're going to be adding 15 cards into the deck throughout the campaign. So, if you pledge and you comment with, I want to see Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind, great, put that in the comments and then we'll have everyone vote. Cool. So, if you get enough votes, that card goes in the game and you were the one that did that. So, awesome. Yeah. March 14th, earwormgame.com.
0: Can you? That is so rad. Can you pick a, a musical and do like a quick demo of your game and see if one of us. Can figure it out. It's probably not going to be me. Please, 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 uh, It's please, probably going to be out a
2: musical song.
0: Yeah, pick pick one oh, of your favorite gosh. musicals and a song from it, and give us a demo of what it would sound like. <sighs> I put you on the
2: spot. Yeah, I know. I'm trying because <laughs> like, you
0: just like make noises in the
2: melody, it's, or it's do you have any to noises you can make with your mouth except using lyrics? So you can go like na na nah, 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 or you can go like Okay, cool. So any kind of vocalization. Okay, I got one. I got one. Dun, dun 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 uh, dun dun it's being alive. Yup. <laughs> Boom.
0: <laughs> well, Aaron, where can people find some of the Versus the Universe content that we talked about earlier?
2: If you want to find any of the music videos, films, sketches, and uh, live performances that we do here in Chicago, you can go to versus the That's vs the or just search on YouTube for versus the universe. Once again, VS The Universe awesome
1: uh, thank you for joining us yeah we hope you got a little bit of hype about this or maybe it triggered some interesting ideas for things that you are hype about that you'd like to hype at us
0: yeah please do tweet at us we're at get hype pod or email us at get at gmail.com we've got a whole list of people that we'd love to get as guests but we also want to know what you want to hear thanks for listening and stay hype stay hype guys